What's up, guys? It's Brett, and I cannot wait to bring this episode to you. This episode is so, so good. The guest on this episode of BTL is one that I have always been seeking out when I find out that she is at a conference that I'm attending as well. And to think that she has exploded with tremendous, tremendous growth just in the last few years is absolutely incredible. And to think, she mentioned on this episode that there was a certain point in time when she thought that she was just a little bit late in the game of leadership. So for all of the listeners out there, have you ever thought to yourself that it is too late in the game of your career to do something different or to do something new? And maybe saying to yourself that you're not that young anymore or, well, I'll be dead by the time I could ever get to doing that. What about even in your daily schedule and telling yourself that it's too late in the day to make a good dinner? Or it's too late in the day to get that workout in that I told myself I would do today, I didn't do it yesterday, and you never actually get to it. Well, I'll be blunt about it, and it is never too late. Whether you have these types of conversations with yourself or with others, you have got to know that it is never too late. Behind the scenes of all of this type of self-talk or conversations with others it's all around communication learning about and mastering the skill of effective communication is your key communicating with yourself your family your partner your peers your bosses and managers or your employees is the special power that we all possess and have the ability to optimize One of the top superheroes in the skill of communication is the guest of this episode, Via Williams. One of Via's many superpowers is communication, which has aided in her progression of compounding success from being a solo entrepreneur to becoming one of the most well-known leaders in her industry. Not only is Via a masterful leader due to her relentless and persistent work ethic, and communication skills, but she also discusses how this carries into her personal life within her family, as well as others that she surrounds herself with, all while running 12 massive entities that support nearly 1,500 members. We are all born with the opportunity and responsibility to lead ourselves, and furthermore, our option to carry that forward and lead others in our lives to make an impact in their lives. If you get anything, I mean anything, out of this episode, please go ahead and subscribe to the show, leave a review, and share the episode with someone else who can learn from this just as well as you have. Now, please enjoy and welcome to this episode of BTL via Williams. Hey, everybody. Welcome to BTL. This is the Born to Lead podcast. This is your host, Brett Kelly, and I have an awesome, awesome guest with me via Williams coming from the west coast of the United States of America. Bia, thank you for being here. I really appreciate you saying yes and joining me. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm in rainy Seattle right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's rainy, it's cold, but in your office, you have your own personal heater. So there are fine things in life that we have. It's actually super cozy. 
here. <laughs> with your little palm tree in the background that's perfect yeah yeah I know it's good right it's a good look I like it so let's let's kind of get right into some of the nitty-gritty and I want to know from you Vio when you when you reflect back when was the first time that you can recall that you you kind of recognized your knack for leadership uh probably sixth grade <laughs> sixth grade what happened in sixth yeah. grade I um I became the captain of the patrol squad you know the the crossing guard what do you call it oh, yeah. we used to call them patrols or whatever and um I I just I could just tell that people for whatever reason that I had influence over people and uh continued into student body and you know and junior high and high school yearbook editor I just I've known from a very early age that um people are my thing. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Uh, you know, that, I mean, that probably my, my, my world was going to consist of people, not widgets that, you know, yeah. my, my destiny probably didn't lie in manufacturing, you know, I don't know, screws. <laughs> Just, I don't know why that popped into my head, but you know, it was all, screws, it was, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know someone that does works in that industry strangely. And it's actually like really amazing how many types of screws and there's all these custom screws you can make. I got into an in-depth conversation with them the other day. Anyway, <laughs> no, I, I always knew that, you know, people were going to, I would work with people from a very, very young age. So what does that look like? That. What does that look like right now for you? <laughs> I work with a lot of people. I, you know, I, um, I, I started, I would say I started my leadership journey I started off as an individual agent when I was about, uh, how old was I? I was like 31, 30, 31. And I just had, just had, oh, I know I was 31 because my son was just turned a year old, my first, my firstborn. And he's now, he's going to be 20 in a month. So, um, so it was about 20 years ago. And, um, and I was just an, you know, individual agent like many of, of our listeners. And uh, my leadership journey probably really started when late, it was late in life. I was about 42 when I um, started, you know, deciding that to hit the goals I wanted to hit, I needed to have a team and build a, you know, build a business rather than just sell real estate. And so I started hiring people, right? I started hiring admin and agents. And that was really my first foray into leadership at age 42, which I think is pretty late in the game in my thirties, uh, to be frank, I, I was, I was kind of, uh, focused on being a mom. I had three kids and, you know, I sold enough real estate to make a, a good living, but really it was just really focused on the kids. I had my, my last a couple months before my 40th birthday. And so she's now 11, um, to give, you know, give you a, an elapsed time there. And, um, you know, I, I worked four days a week, uh, you know, volunteered at the kids school, I was just super all in on that. So by the time I hit about 40, I was kind of ready to dive into my career. A lot of people do that a lot younger. I just got a little bit of a late start. And um, so when I started my team, I mean, there was a ton of fail forwards. I think that, you know, looking back, I was just a horrible leader. <laughs> I, you know, I've always had a natural inclination. It doesn't mean that the skills were there though, by any means. So, you know, there's just a whole bunch of failure. And now fast forward uh, eight years later, I'm leading, I I'm, I'm involved in the leadership now of 12 different entities. 
I've got, you know, about 1,450 agents in our brokerages that I lead. I lead um, about 10 real estate offices for Ben Kinney here in the Seattle area. I've got my Via Group real estate team. I'm involved in a business called Amplify with some of my BFFs. And uh, uh, like you, I've got a podcast and I, we have, I have a property management company with my husband. So I, I have a, uh, I'm in mortgage title and escrow uh, on the leadership of that for Ben Kinney Company. So um, fast forward, I now lead leaders, you know, so it, it, the good news for everybody is you can, you can learn a lot in eight years <laughs> and you still feel forward. How do you, how do you lead leaders? What is that like? It's really different. I think that most people, well, you shouldn't start that way. You should start leading frontline workers so that even workers sounds weird, but you shouldn't lead leaders to start with, right? You should, you should learn how to lead yourself first, always ourself mm-hmm. first. And that's, you know, um, habit forming, accountability, self-accountability, intrinsic motivation, as opposed to extrinsic motivation. And so all of the things that we need to do to make ourselves better people, then we need to learn how to lead the people around us who are going out to do the work. And only then I think, should you, you know, start leading leaders. I, I think of John Maxwell's, you know, five levels of leadership. And then what's different about it and what makes it very different and it's big learning curve is that you can no longer direct your, your, your people to just go out and make a change. You're now the grandparent, Gary Keller calls it the grandparent of the, your business. <laughs> now I have, now I'm leading the leaders who are doing that. <laughs> So it's a very, it's a very different skill set. It's like, it's like starting over again, actually. And, um, and it's, it takes longer to affect change. You, you can't, you're not quite as nimble anymore because there's a whole middle level there. And um, there's a lot of inspecting what you expect. There's a mm-hmm. lot more making sure the standards and expectations are very clearly laid out. It's just way different than when you're when you're in the trenches with someone and you're simply leading someone who's going to go out and do the work and come back to you, it's just very, very different. And it, it, it adds layers of complexity. That's the fun part. The, the complexity, that's the, the biggest challenge of all. I love that you said that you, you've got to at first learn to lead yourself. And somebody asked me about the name for the podcast born to lead. And, and he said, you, nobody's born as a leader. Like, you're right. I, uh, you're not tricking me. Is this, a, I don't know what, what you want from the conversation, but we ended up having a really great conversation about that. The, the name itself is born to lead because you are born and have the opportunity to lead yourself. Mm-hmm. Everybody has that opportunity, no matter what your abilities are, you have the opportunity to lead yourself. And as you progress from that, you then have the opportunity and the duty, if you choose it, to lead others. And that's how you ultimately reach to a, a mega platform of success. Well, and not to challenge your friend, but I'm going to challenge your friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. He said, he said, nobody's born to lead. I would say everybody's born to lead, yep. actually. But yep. That doesn't mean that anybody is off the hook developing the skills, as you said. And so everybody, everybody is a leader in their own right. I mean, if you're a spouse, if you have a significant other, if you have children, you're a leader. If you do anything with in your, in your friend group, if, if you're, you know, anything in your community, you're a leader. We're all leaders 
leaders in our own worlds. The, the question is, is it a profession? You know, granted there's different, you know, can escalate a little higher. Uh, you know, for me, I, I know that it's, it's your chosen topic. I mean, for me, it's everything. It is my, my complete, you know, it's my roles, my everything hinges on leadership for me, but you know, I'm not saying that it hinges on leadership for everybody, but I am saying, I think everyone is born to lead. I, I love the title for that reason. I, I, I agree with everything that you said, you know, what, what is it like for you to have such large entities that you are leading and you've got individuals with such diverse backgrounds, right? I mean, you've got people all over the map that they value different things. How do you cast a vision to so many different individuals, not just one person and you can get their buy-in and alignment with the vision? How do you do that with a large mass of individuals? That's a big question. So here's how I'll answer that. <laughs> um, you, you know, you want to make your organization small. So you want to make your span of control relatively small, meaning um, I have about uh, nine direct reports and that's it. So out of, you know, out of 1,450 agents and another, uh, you know, 50 or 75 staff members, so over 1,500, really only about nine direct report to me does Ben Kinney feels strongly and it's kind of trained me that it's really important that we stay in relationship with our, our grandkids. And so I, I keep using that term a lot today, but if, if the agents in, in my market center are, are the great grandkids. Okay. And my leaders are, you know, I'm their parent, so to speak, then the people that report to them are the grandkids. Right. So Ben always teaches, which is me anyway, that I need to stay in relationship with people two to three levels down. Uh, it's really important to kind of keep your finger on the pulse that way. So I don't mean to say that I abdicate all relationship from our market center staffs or, or other people. Uh, I, I very purposely stay in relationship with them. It just looks different. They don't direct report to me. I, mm -hmm. I'm certainly not involved in their day-to-day, -day, right? So I think the first answer to that question is, but, the, but those nine people are my everything. I will stop my world for them. I, um, I, I check in with them pretty much daily between texts and, and phone calls and Zooms. It'd be unusual for a day to go by without some touch point with them. We, we're just very tight group. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's the first part of my answer. The second part of my answer, you asked about values. I think it's really important to hire people who have the same values. That's probably one of the big things, you know, I look at and I, I just know what works for our mission statement, our vision, which I've deeply internalized, which, you know, which is something else, by the way, whether it's your business or not, I'm in a unique position because I'm an entrepreneur and, and now I work for someone. So I have a, you know, I have two perspectives, right? I have perspective as number one and number two, and it doesn't matter that Ben uh, founded the organization and it doesn't matter that he created the mission, and the vision. I have deeply internalized them. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. So, so I've deeply internalized them to the, to the point where I might as well have made them up. And so, you know, I need to make sure that um, who I am, who Ben is, is going to align with whoever we hire. And we just kind of know we, you know, we have a pretty good clear idea of who that is and who's going to work with us and um, make sure that their big why and their goals are in alignment that we think they can achieve them through us. 
And, and I really don't make it about us. I try to make it about them. If I say, guys, I just did it yesterday. Hey guys, I got our 2021 uh, goals solidified with Ben. Here they are. I'm launching them to you. Here are our goals for 2021, which is a little different from when you run a real estate team, when your people give you, they give you their goals and then you add them all up and you do the math and you go, okay, this Mm -hmm. is going to be my yearly goal. Well, they're all W2 employees. So it's a little different. So it, it is a little bit top down. So I have to pay particular attention to how I can tie their, you know, motivation, <laughs> you know, how are my goals going to fit in with their life plan, right? So the, the, the tactical answer to that is we do a lot of wealth building. We do a lot of guidance and mem- mentorship as to what they can do with the income they're making with us so that we can be a massive value in, you know, providing network growth. Ben does it with me the same way. He models it really well. So um, those are the two things that kind of popped into my head. So, so what you, you had just stated was span of control. You go two to three layers deep from your direct reports, right? So in relationship. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In, in relationship. And you also make sure you're tying the values that should be in alignment, no matter what, if, if your core values and values in general don't align, you're probably in, in the wrong business. Exactly. Together. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. That, that's fantastic. And do you ever feel that nine people is, is too much? I mean, I, I'm familiar with the span of control and I know some, I guess it depends on the, your role and capacity with what you're doing, where it could be three to five, it could be five to seven or between five and nine. Have you ever been over the threshold of nine? Yeah. So I have, you know, I I've heard a lot of the, probably the same training you have where it says five is ideal. And I will just tell you, I'm just going to debunk that myth. Five, it is, un, those are people that are not entrepreneurs. You can't afford, nobody can afford to have under five. Most tech firms have between 15 and 20 mm-hmm. that, that direct report to them, which is arguably too much. However, I think five is someone in a little bit of an ivory tower telling you what they think. Because if you're, if you're operating a business to a PL, it's it's, I just think it's pretty unrealistic. With that said, I do think there is a level you achieve where five needs to be the number. Gary Keller, Ben Kinney are two people. Like Ben really doesn't have many more than five of like, he doesn't have more than five at at my level. It's even lower, but um, there's a lot of people that, that, I don't know how to explain it. He probably has about five, right? He's also involved in over 50 different entities. Mm. And same, same with Gary Keller, right? Gary Keller is involved in hundreds of different entities. So, I mean, um, I, I don't think nine is too much and, uh, and I can easily handle more meaning. Uh, I would start, uh, I'd probably start adding a layer. You know, I, I think, I think personally, and this is just a via thing. I think businesses should try to stay as horizontal as possible for as long as possible before starting to add layers. And no one wants to get lost in the mire of a bunch of mid-management, but I think that there is a point, you know, and I don't know where that point break is going to be, but maybe it's between 12 and 15 where you're going to have to, you got, you, you're going to have to add layers. You know, you need to start potting them up or, or regionalizing them and, and adding some layers. I, I would agree with you. I don't know what the number is, but I don't, I, I think it could vary. You know, everybody's got mm-hmm. a different level of emotional yeah. and physical capacity and in, in different ways, depending upon what they're doing. But at, at the same point if you're building up to you know 15 people are all 15 of those people really 
giving 120% effort at all points throughout the day, or are they, you know, between 10 and 12, they give a hundred percent. And then every other yeah. time during the day, yeah. they're, like, they're not even there. You know, it, it's hard to say, yeah. but you're also freeing up, uh, you know, opportunities for other people as, as, like you said, I mean, staying horizontal, I think that's fantastic. And it allows you to then open up other opportunities for the right individuals to slide into and you can delegate. And now yeah. you're elevating by doing all of that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So what, what would you say via is your competitive advantage as a leader? Who, who makes you the, the individual that you are based on your competitive mm -hmm. advantage? What is that? I outwork everybody. I work really hard and um, I, I don't know many people who outwork me, uh, which is good and bad. So I am definitely a fan of working smarter, not harder, because I can hear the people listening going, that's not good. You don't want to work a lot of hours. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not, I, I get it. I get it. I also am aware that, you know, um, when you're starting and launching new things, uh, it just takes time. And, and there's just, I, I, I might, one of my big competitive advantages is I, I really do outwork everybody. I will be relentless until I learn what I need to learn and do what I need to do. I mean, I, uh, that's, that just jumped into my head. I don't know. Probably the other one's my communication skills. You know, I've, I've worked hard. I've been really purposeful at developing those. <laughs> I have a funny, well, I, I have a funny story about that. But ben, ben Kinney, who I call BK sometimes, if you ever hear me say BK, I mean, Ben Kinney. He's oh, my CEO people call me. founder. People, people call me BK too. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Of course they do. Well, you know, there you go. Uh, my husband's name is Ben. And so um, I, uh, I'm, I'm accustomed to calling my husband, husband and <laughs> Ben Kinney BK. And for those of you listening who sense. don't know, Ben Kinney is my CEO and founder and owns a very large uh, real estate corporation, you know, a bunch of entities, but yeah. So tell me about how you counterbalance being such a hard worker. Uh, a lot of the, the listeners that we've got for the show are entrepreneurs or up and coming and emerging entrepreneurs in their own way. And it is very tough to be a, a go, 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 such a driving force and also have proper balance in life and put energy in every area of life, not just in the business. How do you counteract that? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And um, I have, I have a lot of uh, feelings on that. One of them is that it's a myth that we can ever be in balance. I think that, you know, at a given time, there's two, maybe three, and it's really realistically one area of massive focus. And that's just the way a lot of humans are wired. And you know, so it's a balancing act as opposed to being balanced. I think the, the other answer I have for that is that when I coach people, they, they tend to see balance in the scope of a day. So the, the time frame that they look at is a day. And I, I don't think that's the right way to look at it. I don't think a week is the right way to look at it. I don't necessarily think a month is. I think when you start looking quarterly or even annually, that's about right. Where, where you can, you can, you know, look at, at a season of life and that's what I call them, you know, a season of life. And, and as long as you are really good at getting buy-in around you with, with that season, you, you might be heavily loaded 
on one entity. So, so one example is when I, when I first took, so I, I, I grew this really big real estate team. I got to about 1.7 million in gross commission income, which it, for those of you listening who aren't in real estate, when we say GCI in real estate, that's, that's top line revenue is all that means. So I got to about 1.7 million and, you know, in essence, um, sort of set the team aside to come work for um, Ben Kinney about two and a half years ago. I went from a team of seven or nine people overnight to about 1400 people. It was, it was very shocking. It was a huge, huge move. I skipped leading one office and I leapfrogged essentially from having a team to, at the time we had six offices, we, we've acquired two since then. So I sat the, the kids down. I have three kids and a, and a husband, which means I have four kids. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but I sat everybody down um, one by one. You know, we all, we all kind of had different dates and, you know, right before I made the final decision and, you know, and I basically said, you know, mom is going to be working a lot. This is the first year in a brand new thing. I have a lot to learn. And this is why I think it's a great move for the family for, for us to do this. And this is what I think it's going to give us in the long run. And, I just want you to know, I, I think I'm going to be working a little bit more than you're used to this year. How do you feel about that? You know, how can we make this, you know, a win? And I want you to understand what I'm doing every day. And I, I had those conversations, you know, with each kid, certainly with my husband. And, um, and so, you know, they, they've been extremely supportive. I mean, my family is just all in and, and my, my 17 year old, uh, I think my biggest win was about uh, six months ago. It was, it was, it was spring. He goes, mom, can I, can I sit down with you and, and go over my goals for the summer? Wow. And I said, yeah, that, I mean, that's amazing. And that, that would be awesome. And, and what, what prompted this? This is great. And I'm thinking like a teacher gave him an assignment or something. You know? And he said, you know, I just want what you have. And I said, really, what's that? And he said, I don't know. Like when we all sit around on a Friday night to watch a movie, you've got your computer in front of you because I can tell you like to work. And, you know, I want to be so passionate about something that I, that where I want to have my computer out instead of watching a movie. And for all the moms out there listening, you know, I think we have this mom guilt thing going that, that was a huge moment because I was like, maybe I'm winning. <laughs> maybe I'm showing my kids that, you know, that work is not a negative, it's a positive and, and I'm there physically with them. I'm laughing at the jokes. I'm eye contact with them whenever they're talking. But, you know, to be honest with you, when their eyes are glued to the TV, I'm going to just kind of finish pasting my formulas on a spreadsheet I have to get done. Yes. Right. <laughs> I know I love spreadsheets. So, you know, so I guess what I'm saying is, is that, you know, um, is that balancing is a thing. Balance is, you know, it's tough to get in the, in the span of a day or maybe even a week. And I think that we need to kind of look at the long game, look at, you know, where, the arc of time we want to measure that in and, and maybe, maybe stop telling ourselves stories. Like I can't have a big business and be a good wife, mother, husband, father. Maybe we need to just kind of look at it and say, well, actually I can, and I'm going to have some seasons here and there where I'm going to be working a little more or a little less, by the way, you know, that, that works too. Last summer, um, Ben Kinney, my CEO that, you know, owns over, he's involved with over 50 different entities. We have tech, coaching, real estate brokerages, over 50 teams throughout the, the U.S. Uh, you know, it, it, we have a massive business in the real estate world. He took off for 90 days. And just so you know, he works 24-7 and he took off for 90 days. He, you know, um, th that's balancing. 
right? That's balancing. Uh, all the other times, you know, he's basically working all the time until his head hits the pillow. So yeah, um, I mean, I have other thoughts on, on time management, but I don't want to keep talking. I, I'm talking a lot. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. I, I love it. And I think one thing that really stood out in, in all of that, you had said not long ago that one of your competitive advantages is your ability to communicate very effectively. And then you followed with that, talking about how you held a conversation with your family and with your kids mm -hmm. about your upcoming endeavor. And mm -hmm. here's what I'm thinking. I'm curious how you feel about that. So I want to get more from you about, uh, about your, your, ability to communicate so fluently and in so many different ways and a lot about emotional intelligence and i i grabbed a, a nice little shiny quote from you via and oh i'm scared and, <laughs> oh this is this is a bad one. i'm just kidding so <laughs> you you said you can only get to a certain level of success as a leader without having a high level of emotional intelligence can you go into that a little bit and talk about yeah. what, what emotional intelligence is and why mm -hmm. that, that is even true? I fully believe in that for sure. 100 percentile in terms of success as a leader. Yeah. So basically um, the textbook answer to that would be emotional regulation is, is five components. M most people think of it as five components, right? It is, let's see if I can get this all, self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, or I would call that inter intrinsic or internal motivation, empathy, and social skills. Okay, I think I got that right. So it's five things, right? And, and when, I, when I say that, um, I think that when you look at most leaders, uh, certainly leaders in the service sector, meaning we're, we're all in the professional services sector, if we're in like real estate, insurance, financial services, um, we're not, again, we're not selling, we're not manufacturing, you know, parts that we're selling to Boeing, right? We're, we're in the people yeah, business. Screws, yes. Screws, there we go. Yeah. That's the, you know, it's an interesting I don't know what, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, so, so typically uh, empathy is what, um, is, is I kind of think the, the first domino in that. And, and, you know, what empathy really is, is just um, putting yourself in someone else's shoes. And, you know, coming out of curiosity, not judgment. And just, you know, instead of, um, it leads right into my second one for me. I mean, this is just Via's list. Like this is my weighted list. Yours might be different. For me, emotional regulation, it, um, it, it's called self-regulation. For me, emotional regulation has probably been the biggest, um, the biggest muscle I've had to grow because I am naturally uh, triggered. I'm just naturally an emotional person, high highs, low lows. And um, for any of you who are, who are wired like me, you understand that to regulate that takes a lot of energy. The good news is I have for any of you that, that want to stabilize your emotions, sound like a psychologist, but for any of you who are seeking to do that, it is doable and it gets a lot easier. In fact, it becomes like it, it becomes who you, who you become. It just, you just have to commit to it. It takes time that it can really, you can move that needle a long way in a couple of years though. I just wanted to add that in because 
people who run hot like me are listening to this and totally relating. Other people are like, what is she talking about? I have no problem with it. So those are the two big ones. I mean, social skills, they, they all play into it. And there's a lot of really good resources on, on EQ. There's a lot of uh, studies, uh, one big, big one out of Harvard that show that a high EQ uh, is a bigger determiner for success in life from a college student than a high IQ. So fascinating. So, yep. Learning how to, how to work with people in this world is more important than, you know, whatever your IQ is. But you had also touched on communication. And I do have a funny, you want me to tell you my funny story that I was going to tell you earlier? It is really yes, funny. Yes, You're, so, you're great at so, stories. I, 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 <laughs> I am. Storytelling. And storytelling is a really powerful practice in general. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it is. Humans, humans like stories. Well, this is a good one. So my, you know, here I leave, you know, this big team that I built and I, I come to work for Ben Kinney, who, again, for those of you listening who, who aren't necessarily in, in the real estate industry, he's, he's probably one of the biggest names in real estate. So, for you know, sure. and he was yeah. a if very, you very, is, you gotta, you gotta look him up. Though. Yeah. Just Google yeah. him. He's got a great podcast too. I love his podcast too. And he, he was a very, very close friend and mentor. He has been for years. We, we go way back together, but you know, this is different. It was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be one of his senior people and whatever. So I, uh, I spent the first, you know, couple months, it was more like six weeks. Inter I just did one-on-ones. I think I did 29 one-on-ones, you know, to just, just listen. Really, all I did my first six weeks, I didn't do a lot of talking. I did a lot of listening. Met with everybody. And, and then we, Ben and I had a plan. He was going to go hunting. And when he got back, we were going to sit down. And based on what I heard, we were going to solidify really what my priorities were for the next few months and for that year, right? We were going to kind of solidify where we felt like I should spend my time. So as you can imagine, I was really looking forward to this meeting, having, you know, two, three hours uninterrupted with Ben to just, um, it was a dream, you know, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. We can map out, at, you know, what I'm going to do. And I was really excited about it. So I get up there and I'm like, I'm so excited to be here. He was like, me too. No, he, he did not. He didn't. Yeah. No, he didn't. But um, and he goes, he goes, I am too. And he's like, and actually I have a present for you. I'm like, wow, that's great. So he he's really good at presents. So he goes in his office and he comes back and he's holding a stack of books. Like, you know, I don't know, eight inches, 10 inches, like a big stack of books. There was probably six books. And at that point we talked about balance. I had been working. I swear to you, I must've been working 80 hours a week. It, it was such a new learning curve. And I was just so new at this. I was working 24 mm -hmm. seven. And I see the stack of books and I almost started crying because all I think of was, I can't read books right now. Like I have so much on my plate. So my, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell you that like my initial instinct was like, get those books away from me. But you know, it was a gift, right? So I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. Like, thank you so much. And, and I said, I literally set him down on the chair beneath the conference table. Cause I didn't want to look at him. So we have this great meeting and I pack it up and I put it in my, and I'm 90 minutes away from Bellingham. I'm in Seattle. So I get home and, you know, load all my stuff in and the family's sitting down to dinner and I toss the books on my kitchen counter. And then after dinner, my husband goes, <laughs> you've got some new books. It looks like <laughs> I go, Oh, you know, they were someone got into me. He goes, who got you those? And I go, Oh, Ben did today. And he goes, wow, that's, that's saying something. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, have you looked at the books? And, and you know what? I hadn't. I hadn't even looked at the titles and I look and I'm not going to remember all of them at this point, but let me just, you'll get an idea very quickly. Number one was how to get your point across in 30 seconds or less. Number two <laughs> was the articulate executive. 
Number three was simply said. Number four was like, say what you want with brevity. Number five was like, it was all communication books. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like he thinks I suck at this. Oh my God, this is like, I thought this was my superpower. Like I kind of started freaking out. So I texted and I'm like, wow, thank you so much for the books. And are you trying to tell me something? And his response was, uh, I'm going to skip that. He was very complimentary. And then basically what he said was, he said, um, this is the one area that you're on, you can be an 11 out of 10 on this area. And so we can, we can scrap all the other stuff because you're already there. If we can take this one area and get you an 11 out of 10, there is no ceiling for you. Mm. So from that month, and so that was month two of my job. So that would have been October of 2018. And, uh, ever since then, I've been a student of communication. I was like, wow, he's right. And I, one of the books, the book I recommend to everybody is called simply said, I have read it and, or listened to it three times now called simply said, and we can put it in show notes. Yes. And, um, and, and my, my long answer, sorry, that was a long answer is that it, it's like leadership. It's like we talked about earlier, Brett, it's one thing to have a natural talent towards leadership or communication, but it doesn't mean you're not off the hook learning the skills. So I've been a student humbly, humbly learning the skills. And, um, and it's a passion of mine. And what's funny is I can do a webinar or be a guest on someone's podcast like this. And I can say, Hey, I'm going to teach you uh, the script. That's going to get you 10 listings this month. And we'll get huge listenership and a ton of people in the webinar. And then I can say, I'm going to teach you the five communication things that will change your world. And we will have five people listening. And yet I would argue it's way more important. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. You know, it's a soft skill that I think a lot of people take for granted and I am passionate about how important it is. I, I'm with you. I mean, from asking effective and powerful questions to active listening, you know, being impeccable with your word. I've heard you mm-hmm. mention that from Yeah, from the four agreements. Four yeah. agreements. Yeah. Don Ruiz, what Don so mm-hmm. whatever is whatever. I think name. so. Uh I, I'm with you. I mean, it, it is everything. And then the emotional intelligence aspect of it to really understanding mm-hmm. how what you are saying is in, not just saying your body language and how you show up mm-hmm. and how you show up to others, whether you're mm-hmm. purposefully doing it or not, how it actually inf- affects the environment all around you. Yeah. It, it's incredibly powerful. I think, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, EQ. EQ is kind of woven in communication a lot. Like, you know, part of really good communication is really good listening, for instance. And I think really good listening is, um, is one of the best ways to get, get into empathy if you're not naturally feeling it. So, I mean, they, they, they cross over. If you have high EQ and you're a good communicator, I think the world is your oyster. I think it, it, that part specifically, via it ties back to what, what you had mentioned earlier about casting vision and understanding what what people truly value not what they just say but what do they really value and if you can truly understand that by asking very powerful questions the world is your oyster and it's 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 that individuals as well and you can conquer all of it together that's that's Mm -hmm. so powerful yeah yeah that's great you had mentioned the uh the, you know, sitting down and, and going over, you know, like the, the arc of time and looking at, at goals and analyzing all of that. 
you're going to be providing uh, providing the listeners in the BTL toolbox some content, and you've got oh. something you utilize, uh, a couple of things that you utilize, and one of which is uh, for goal planning and goal setting and mapping mm-hmm. mapping out your entire year and quarters or beyond and beyond. So what are, what are you going to be providing in the BTL toolbox? Yeah, so we're going to, I'm um, super excited to give your listeners a couple tools. One of them's uh, my version of what we call the 411. And the 411 is what I and all my people use. And it's uh, the four stands for, um, well, it's, it's really, it should be called the 114. It's one annual goal monthly goals, and then, uh, you know, goals for the week, essentially. So more priorities when it comes to week. And I have it set up on Google Sheets so that there's 12 different tabs, one for each month. And if when you log on your your annual goals in January, it just copies them over to all the other months. And so it's just a great electronic tool if if you're inclined to that. It's my number one most requested uh, thing. I have a I have a video on YouTube, it just has a ton of views, uh, where I kind of go over how to use it. It's really easy to find. Yeah, we'll definitely plug that into the show yeah. as well. And then the second one that's made a huge impact on my life is um, Ben Kinney's uh, net worth calculator. And uh, I can't urge you enough, especially our younger listeners, track your net worth every month. The income you make should be used to buy assets. I did not get that memo young. So I'm making up for lost time a lot older than, you know, a lot of our our younger guys listening to this. If there is anything you get from this, it is start learning about wealth. Now start learning what passive income is, start learning, you know, what assets are and, and don't do what I did, which is make a lot and spend a lot. Right. So, uh, so the net worth calculator is a great way because if you measure something, typically you're going to excel at it and you're going to, you're going to conquer it. So. That's why spreadsheets are so awesome. That's why I love them. That's why that's it. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. So for, for all the listeners in the audience, you're going to have access to the BTL toolbox and the content that Via is helping out and providing to everyone to have access to. However, in order to tap into the toolbox, you've got to make a charitable donation. So Via, what is the nonprofit that you are choosing? Oh, well, I, I have chosen HopeLink and I love HopeLink. HopeLink is uh, really needing donations right now. Uh, it, it always needs donations, but this time of year. They're, um, they're actually based right here in Kirkland, Washington, which is my hometown. And their goal is to get people, it, their goal is to end poverty. So it has, you know, massive food services, um, uh, skills teaching services and uh, you know employment services, all sorts of things. Uh, they offer financial assistance and and uh, they they you know they could use this is a tough uh, economy for some to be in, especially in the hospitality industry. So there's a lot of people who could use our help right now. Well, we will do all that we can to to help support. Hopefully, yeah. I think it's uh it's it's definitely a a tearjerker type of uh, yeah you know organization. Pulls at the heartstrings, I guess, with, mm-hmm. with that one for sure. So that's that's a great cause and happy to, to help out in any way that, that we can through BTL. And mm-hmm. Via, this has been awesome. You are, you're always, I told you before we started the, the you know, episode and recording this, you're always one that when I see you're at a conference, I'm, I'm seeking you out to go listen oh, to thank you. you Gosh, to, that's so to, nice. To express and talk about. So this has been awesome to, to really dig into a lot more of 
some of the, the nitty gritty. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Really appreciate being here. Thank you, Brett. Everybody stay tuned for the next episode and thanks for listening.